another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillo and I have a great guest lined up for you today. Now this podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode we'll be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we're going to be interviewing thought leaders and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now before I introduce today's guest I want to ask a favour. Now, it won't take a minute and it would make a huge difference to us. Would you please go to iTunes or Spotify or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review. It really helps us to share our message of inspirational change with as many people as we can and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. So thank you. Okay, let me ask you, are you ready to be inspired? Because our guest on the podcast this week is Orla Scott. Now, Orla is an executive coach and the director of Inner Compass from Dublin, Ireland, a learning and development company specializing in organizational development, strategic leadership, and deep transformational change for teams, leaders, and individuals. Over the last few years, Orla has developed a curiosity and passion about exploring spirituality for leaders. This has proved challenging and rewarding, and the difference it has made has been significant, giving rise to her new program called Leadership for the New Humanity, which is also the title of our conversation today. So welcome, Orla. Hi, Jane. How are you? It's lovely, lovely, lovely to be here with you. Yeah, I am excited to talk to you, Ola. I really am, because we've known each other now for quite some time, haven't yeah, we? So, we have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know our conversations, we can go deep. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to uh, kind of do that with you um, yeah. so that the listeners can really get a sense of, you know, the depth of the work that you're doing right now mm. in the world mm. and um but before we get to our conversation you know our, our listeners have heard your professional bio but i'd mm. love to kind of go behind the scenes with you a little bit and find out a little bit about you know the human behind that bio mm. who is she who is she um yes it's always a very <laughs> it's always a very <laughs> difficult question to answer so as you say, Jane, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proud Irish woman um, and um, I'm married to Brian and uh, we've been married for nearly 40 years. So that's a, I always think that's a big, big um, milestone yeah. in, any, in any couple's life. Um, and I think one of the things that's really special about both of us is that we're we've been on a learning journey together. You know, we, we married very, you know, I was, you know, a child bride, you know, I have to say that, <laughs> but um, we married quite young, but um, we're both really, really interested in education and learning. Um, and we've sort of forged this path um, together. Um, and, you know, my background is I came to education quite late. I didn't have the usual traditional um, path. Um, and I did all of my learning as a as an adult, um, and it's just been it, it's just been a really really interesting 
um, discovery for me on all of the different things that I do. So um, your listeners will, will begin to understand that apart from the more traditional areas of leadership development and, um, you know, strategic management and all of that, all of that side of the more traditional frameworks, I'm also hugely interested and curious about spirituality um, and how we can actually tap into that part of ourselves from a non-religious background. Um, and I actually feel it has a huge amount to offer us um, in the future. So that's one of my, that's one of my core, core passions. Um, I have a, a HR background um, uh, through most of, my, most of my career, and that's actually how I got into to, to learning and development. Spent a long number of years um, in asset management and financial service, but also, you know, earlier on in my career, not-for-profit. Not so I feel I've got a, a sort of a wide understanding of the, the, the challenges and the complexities of, of organizations. And apart from that, um, I'm, I'm very conscious as a coach that I need to walk the talk. Um, so I make big efforts around, and it comes quite naturally to me. And it's, it's interesting that one of the areas that I tapped into a number of years ago, when I was a little girl, I used to be really interested in drawing and, and art and I got back into that so I do a lot of oil painting and I find that really you know therapeutic it sort of it really sort of grounds me and takes me away into another space and the other area that I'm really interested in is is um, gardening and horticulture so myself and my husband Brian we spend a lot of time growing vegetables and and um, just you know really using that it's it's just so exciting to see things growing and um and then being able to provide to provide food for ourselves we get a great kick out of that so um so there's the professional aspect but then there's also the 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 personal aspect as well that's really really important to me to to you know to keep all of that sort of those um that that balance within my life otherwise i wouldn't be able to to do the things that i do Mm. I didn't know that about you that you yeah. paint and that you garden yeah, I that's do, incredible because yeah. I love yeah. what I love about those two like personal pursuits are that the the kind of the thread of change the thread of creating something of helping something grow is kind mm. of it runs through your entire life <laughs> it's like yeah. that's quite something Orla. Yeah, it's a real thrill, you know, to be able to exactly as you said there to watch something grow from, you yeah. know, a tiny seed. And and that has been the, you know, from a professional perspective as well, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, coaching or and starting my own business and or, you know, any of the work that I did, um, you know, in the organizations in which I worked. And um, there was always that element of planting a seed and then watching it grow. And then all of a sudden, you know, two or three years later, it had, it had sort of grown into something um, much bigger than I originally thought it would be. Um, and that's there's a great sort of thrill to that. Um, so that sort of curiosity of, well, what's next uh, is always, always there for me. Right. So I want to take you back because thank you for sharing that with us. Um, but I want to take you back to what you called your core passion <laughs> mm. just then, which was tapping into spirituality, you know, in a in non-religious kind of in a non-religious way. So tell me mm. why why you feel that is so important. And I'm going to ask you not just why is it important, 
but why now? Well, I've been having, you know, lots of conversations over the years and, and probably in the last, um, you know, five to 10 years, um, I've been having really, really different conversations with, with colleagues and with, um, with clients where they're searching for something different. Um, and they're, they're searching for what I call this sort of connect, connection to themselves. Um, and I've noticed in conversations, um, in the same conversations, that what they've been telling me is that, you know, they're, um, they're slowly discovering this disconnection within themselves. You know, they're, they feel that um, they're on a sort of hamster wheel, that they're not getting that same sort of um, purpose-driven value that they had at the start of their careers. Um, and they're, they're finding this sort of um, spiritual absence, if you like. Um, and, and the way that I make sense of that is that it's that we always have this search within us for connection. So whatever your belief system is, whether you talk from a scientific perspective uh, in terms of the Big Bang or whether you speak from a from a religious perspective, um, there's always that sense of connection um, and that search for it. Now, typically, it tends to be outside of ourselves. So to, you know, to to. Um, you know, to, to your God or whatever. But for me, it's very much this internal connection to what's important to me, what's my purpose, um, how can I connect connect into that um, spiritual aspect. And I just look at it as um, tapping into one of our core intelligences. So we're very used to talking about, you know, physical energy and mental energy, um, and they're very normal. And at the same time, we have access to spiritual energy that we don't pay attention to. And I think the fact that we don't pay attention to it means that over time we have this disconnection with ourselves. And as we move further away from it, we cause ourselves more distress. And the search then is constantly to get back to that sense of connection. Mm. Um, so that's why... I feel it's important I from a why is it important now um and particularly at the moment when you know we're, we're coming out of the 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 pandemic that people have discovered that by slowing down they found a connection back to themselves and they found a connection back to what's important to them mm -hmm. uh, whether that's their family whether it's nature you know for some people it will be the sort of you know reflective um uh, religious side of things for me it's 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 different um but it's that constant need within us for for connection and spiritual nourishment and i just see it as um it's just another body of wisdom another body of knowledge another body of intelligence and why wouldn't you um as an individual tap into it because you know, we're, and I can't remember who has said this, that we're, we're spiritual beings existing in a, in a human world. Um, so I, th I just think it's really, really important. And all of the indications that I've um, had over the last number of years is there is a constant move towards that, this search um, and this quest for that connection back to ourselves. Mm. 
And I love how you speak about it in such a kind of a, a natural way that this is something that we all have. Because the way you describe it, although it sounds almost primal, that you know we, we do search for that connection to spirit, to the soul. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, because I see it too, and, and I wonder, what's your sense of the cost that we pay when you know we do have that absence when we don't have that connection when it's almost like we've lost our soul Mm. and i always find it interesting um that we we find it much easier when we're talking about you know the soul of a family or the soul of an organization we find it more easy to talk about that you know when you say to somebody you know, uh, the soul of the family is whatever it is or the soul of an organization, they immediately get what you're talking about and they can connect to it. And yet, when we talk about our own souls and our connection to that side of ourselves, um, people are very, um, uh, you know, shy to talk about it um, and they they avoid it. Um, So I I think that that sense of... of, um, of not paying attention to it is has is and will continue to be a cause of huge stress within you know the human condition and within humanity um, and we need to find a way of supporting people to find access points back into it um that that are me that's meaningful for them so it's not this you know i think over the over the years and over the centuries there's, there's dogma attached to it and there's been a, a certain sense of, you know, if we talk from a religious um, perspective, that it's kept to a few individuals who are seen as being special mm. and they're, you know, priests or their authorities within particular um, bodies of religion. And actually it's within <clears throat> all of us and it's, it's, it's within all of us to access. And it's just such a powerfully important part of our, uh, of our humanity. And the more, you know, the, the more we move towards it, the more um, powerful and content we will be and the more capacity we will have within ourselves to bring something really, really powerful into the world. And, to, you know, if we bring that sense of connection and collaborative wisdom and collaborative intelligence, we're going to have the possibility to solve the big questions that we have on, on health and environment and, you know, the overall um, complexities that we have on, on the planet. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, as you were talking there, I, you, you started in language that to me sounded really quite spiritual and, and high vibrational language. And then it was almost like you brought the energy down when you started talking about the benefits of of people actually reconnecting in this way mm. and, and embracing their spirituality in in their everyday life in their mm. careers their professions in in mm. what they do because then you started talking about you know intelligences access points collaboration and it made me think back to right at the very beginning when you said in conversation with people you were finding that you know they they were slowly discovering that disconnection for themselves and in that realizing 
they they weren't having the same kind of purpose-driven value is what you said uh, mm. as they did when they first started their careers mm. and I think I want to touch on something that I think is important here which is spirituality I think I don't know that we necessarily have the language yet for the new world let's put it that way which I think no. is more embracing um of a spirituality mm. in things like leadership so mm. i mean what's your sense of like can you have a purpose without a connection to spiritual in any way <laughs> well it depends on your definition of purpose so you can have right. a purpose-driven um you know a, a, a purpose-driven um a life around you know profitability and uh, wealth etc um but i i honestly believe that you know whether we're talking about one of the things that's really important to me is individual leadership um so i don't i don't see leadership as being uh you know formally you know a hierarchical leadership and it's linked to role i think personal leadership is super super important um, and being able to prepare uh, the you know leaders for this for the new organization because actually what we're doing at the moment if we don't change the way we um, develop leadership leadership how we educate um, our young people around it we're, we're we're preparing them for organizations that were fit for their for their mothers and fathers. We're not actually educating them and supporting them um, for the organizations that um, that they're going to go into over the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and I think that's really, really important that we teach individual leadership um, as part of the, you know, as part of our education system. And individual leadership, as I said, isn't isn't in my mind linked to role and one of the things that i get um i get sort of quite excited about is uh, well excited uh, that should i suppose frustrated would be more a better word is you know that leadership is seen as as you know climbing everest or making a you know an expedition to the the antarctic and it's around endurance and um it, it, it has a tendency to be seen as quite masculine mm -hmm. um and individual leadership for me is what we see on a day-to-day -day basis so it's you know it's it's you know it's it's a mother in a supermarket you know showing people how to how to deal with an autistic child that's that's in a high level of distress it's you know it's a you know a community a person who works in the community um modeling to teenagers how to deal with anger and frustration and how to give something back in the community and that for me is a real sense of of leadership um and that's a that's a real i see that as their you know a soul connection they're actually connecting into what's really really important in this world around modeling tolerance and empathy and kindness and that's what we that, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about you know um aspects of spirituality there are aspects of that um, in leadership mm -hmm. and as you're speaking it sounds like and so I want to ask this so are you talking about bringing the more feminine 
aspects into leadership because you did describe traditional as masculine is that what Mm. you mean or is it more than that I think there's aspects of it I mean when I when I think about um you know when I entered the, the the workforce um many years ago now nearly 40 years ago um the, the traditional um framework around leadership there there was a quite masculine um feel to it the the you know what was valued what was rewarded had masculine tendencies to it um and the 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 leaders that I've uh, worked with and I've come across that I that I could genuinely say are leaderships for the new humanity which sounds a bit lofty um but the, you know what they demonstrated was this sense of um you know being wise being authoritative um being supportive being fun but also being kind uh, and that's something that we never associate at least we, we haven't traditionally associated it with um with traditional leadership uh, and i think that's you know that's an aspect and you could you know you could define that as being seen as being seen as a as a sort of fem- feminine aspect um but i think and it's not about anything to do with gender it's just how do we honor both sides of us um, and sometimes we will need those those masculine traits that are really really important um and sometimes we need the, the the feminine traits and those leaders that i've spoken about have the ability to be able to tap into both sides of them um and really really you know they're not interested in demonstrating formal authority and formal power and control they're really um trying to manage their own ego if you like um, and looking at you know the, the person in front of them their potential and how they can collaborate and work together uh, to solve you know a particular issue or a particular complexity um, and one of the really interesting things that I found in, in speaking to 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 some of my clients and some of my colleagues during the course of this pandemic is the people who were really, you know, stepped up to the plate and did extraordinary creative and innovative things where they weren't in the normal succession pipeline necessarily. They were the individuals who were, you know, hiding in plain sight. And when given the opportunity, really demonstrated um, this, you know, these, these leadership qualities. They were, you know, they were keen to collaborate. They were keen to tap into all of the knowledge that was available to them. And they weren't, you know, they weren't interested in competing to the, with the person next to them. They were interested in understanding how do we solve this? How do we, you know, how do we all come together and ensure that we, you know, we, we solve this particular issue within the business or within the health service or whatever. And I find that hugely, hugely compelling for the future. Yeah, and I I love our title. I mean, I love, you've already mentioned it a number of times, Leadership for the New Humanity. It says such a lot to me, but I'd love to hear, you know, what does it mean to you? That What's underneath that title that really energizes you for the future? Because I can hear it in your voice when you say it out loud. Mm. Sounds a bit... (laughs) 
when I say it, it sounds a bit lofty, you know. <laughs> and I always think, mm. but um, what it means to me, and I, I've 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 touched on it a few times, Jane. It's it's actually how do we, you know, how do we use collaborative intelligence? How do we use collective wisdom? How do we tap into multiple intelligences that are available to us to solve the bigger issues within society, within humanity? Um, and it's not, you know, it, it, it moves away from the sort of competitive dog eat dog, I win, you lose. Um, so the, 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 the more traditional frameworks of what leadership is all about. Um, and it's actually that sense of, of working together for a common purpose. Um, and, you know, the, the sense of purpose driven economies. Um, and, and one of the other things that I've noticed is, and it's certainly the, the case with me, I, I've moved away from wanting to spend my money or spend my energy, you know, with the big vanilla conglomerates. I'm much more interested in, uh, in spending my money and supporting um, people who are working locally or who are producing something that, you know, has a, has a craft aspect to it or is unique or they have an innovative um, product. And I can certainly, and this is another aspect of conversations I've had with people is there's much more of a, an interest and a, um, a need to actually be purposeful around where I spend my money, where they spend their money and understanding that we have choices and this is part of this is part of individual leadership as well. How do I, you know, how do I lead others to looking at the, you know, to looking at the world in a different way, looking from an economic perspective in a different way? And how do I impact the world through my choices, through my individual choices? Hmm. And, you know, what you're saying there, it's interesting because on the one hand for me, I, I'm absolutely like, absolutely yes this is exactly what we need and and everything that sacred change makers takes a stand for and then on the other hand there's a there's a sense that i have and and maybe it's a fear let me put it that way maybe mm. it's a fear that we're actually asking quite a lot of leaders to it's almost like turning the titanic around before it hits the iceberg that's kind of what it feels like a little bit mm. because in many ways, historically, everything that we valued in business and leadership, it's not that it's wrong now. It's just that it's a very limited perspective on what is really being called for and asked for at this time. And, um, you know, it just, I'd love to get your sense of, you know, are we asking too much here? Well, I think it was ever thus, you know, if we look back, <laughs> if we look back over the ages and we talk about the, you know, the industrial revolution or, you know, how business changed in the, in the 1920s and 30s um, and how it's changed um, over the years. Um, it, it's very difficult for, I absolutely agree with you and I'm hugely empathetic, um, you know, to, to, to leaders. They're, they're asked, there's a huge amount asked of them. Um, yeah. But it's more, it's more that, you know, in, in order to, to ensure that we have a sustainability 
and it's not really it's not actually around sustainability anymore it's about regeneration um and i know our our our, our dear colleague runa talks about this all the time this regenerative mindset so yeah. it's kind of like sustainability is over um <laughs> And it is a big ask um, for leaders, but it was ever thus. I mean, it's, it's just this evolving um, way of, of how humankind is, is shifting and what are, you know, if we talk, if you talk about what our young people are interested in, they're not interested in entering into organizations who are going to, you know, uh, work them to death and spit them out at the other end. And that sounds quite you know, quite, quite punishing, but they're looking for something different. So in order for organizations to thrive in the future, we have no choice but for leaders to understand what's going to appeal to their to their workforce of the future, mm-hmm. what is going to be needed from them as leaders um, uh, in the future. And I think one of the sort of the, the points of dissonance is they need to find what's important to them in order to be able to, to, you know, operate in this new leadership paradigm. And one of the points of dissonance is that for some leaders, they're, they're just not there yet. They're, they're, they're working on within the old paradigm of, you know, uh, I win, you lose power and control, et cetera. Um, and, and they have lost connection with themselves in some way. Um, and the leaders that I've spoken to that are genuinely curious in showing up in a different way are really beginning to embrace the wider aspects of themselves. They're beginning to understand what can be achieved if you tap into uh, collaborative intelligence and, and, and collective wisdom mm. and how they, can, how they can tap into their own purpose their own spirituality, whatever that means for them. And it's unique to every individual, um, how they make sense of their, their soul calling, which again, sounds lofty, but it's, it's that really important part of us that nourishes us and allows us to build that capacity to show up in a different way, to show up in a way that we feel we're balanced we're thriving in all areas of our life um, and we're not displaying, um, you know, signs of distress or illness or, you know, anxiety. Mm. And I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, what kind of response are you getting as you go into like organizations, if you, as you have these conversations with leaders who mm. might not have thought this way, because it feels to me like, this work for you is, is very much about awakening people, like expanding their capacity. That's kind of what I'm hearing underneath your words. And I'd love to know how they're responding. <laughs> yeah, the response is really interesting because the more I talk about it, the, 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 the greater the response. And, you know, we talked about earlier on, Jane, about language. You know, how, how do you, how do we um, have this, uh, this language around spirituality um, and it's the same for 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 going into organizations there's nearly like this relief of oh my god mm. thank god somebody's talking about this because i feel it within myself as a as a leader and then they tell me 
you know, I don't, I know there's something I need to do that's different. I don't want to be like this in 10 years time. I don't want to be like this, model this behavior with my children where I'm sort of stressed and I'm running around like a headless chicken. And, you know, when, before, when we could travel, traveling like maniacs, um, I really want to, you know, to be a very, very um, uh, respected leader. But I want to be, um, you know, I want to be happy myself. I want to be content. I want to leave uh, be able to ensure that I leave a legacy um, of my work, which has, which has a genuine sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more I speak to people and the more I open up the conversations and the more I um, introduce them to language and give them permission and hold the space for them to be able to have this conversation, the more positive reaction I'm getting. And that's really encouraging to hear because, um, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners out there are, you know, on the same precipice in a way, thinking about how can they bring this deeper work into their clients and on organizations. And, and it's so encouraging to hear that, you know, you're, you're getting a, a good response here. And I love mm. that you talk about, you know, helping leaders find their soul calling <laughs> because mm. that in itself for me really epitomizes something that I think a decade ago would have, would have meant that the leader might have lost some respect or credibility mm. by speaking in that way. But I, I do think I'm with you. I think times are changing, particularly mm. now. So, you know, we talked, you mentioned souls calling and that's part of what you do in your work with leaders, but what is it for you, Orla? I mean, is this your soul's calling? Yeah, it really is. Um, because, I, because I've been in the, you know, um, in this space and on this path for a good number of years, I really want to support leaders in finding access points for themselves uh, and the language around it. So it's not seen as being other uh, and they're not seen as being crazy and they're not seen as being um you know and we use the the, the famous language woo woo it's just a part of us and it you know i find it fascinating well fascinating and frustrating in equal measure that if you have a body of knowledge and if you have a body of intelligence open to you why wouldn't you tap into it uh and i think you know opening that opening that up for leaders, for them to understand. This is just, it's the exact same as, you know, physical energy and mental energy. And we're all really familiar with that and emotional energy more so over the last, uh, you know, 10 or 20 years. So that's become a much more familiar. This is just the next shift. Uh, and I'm hoping that I'm, I, I'm, and I'm confident, I'm hoping and I'm confident that in another few years time, it will be seen in the exact same way as, you know, I develop emotional intelligence and I develop spiritual intelligence. And it's just, it's just a body of wisdom and knowledge that's open for me to tap into. So why wouldn't I pursue it and be curious about it and understand what it can do for me? And, and in turn, then what will that allow me to do in, in business, in, relationships with my family um and for the for the for the greater good and and the, you know this this sense of legacy 
So I'd love to also uh, hear you speak about your vision for the new humanity, because in many ways, that's the, 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 the vision that this work is in service of. So what is that vision that you hold? Right. In a, in, <laughs> in a nutshell, as we <laughs> yes, say. I was going to say, yeah, you've got, okay. you've got what, two sentences okay. now. <laughs> yeah. so you're a starter for the Nobel Prize. Um, for me, and I, I, you know, I talked about this, this collaboration and, and collective mm. wisdom a lot. So it's that sense of, you know, I think the, you know, I, I've spoken before about the individ, individual leader, leadership is so, um, you know, supremely important. And that's where we start. We, we start, at, you know, on the inside. But it's this shift from, you know, I to we. H- how do we actually tap into that sense of, and I, you know, I've seen this in practice over the last few months where, you know, a leader from one organization you know, walks across the the campus, if you like, to probably one of their competitors and says, we know how to do this, or I know how to, this is my, this is my area of expertise. I know you have the other part of this. And usually we're in competition with one another. However, if we collaborate and we share the experience um, and the knowledge that we have, we can solve something much bigger. And that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about leadership for the new humanity is this sense of collective wisdom, collective knowledge, collaboration. Um, And any of the big, you know, areas of life, you know, the big projects that I've worked on, that has been the difference. And it's moving away from this hierarchical structure of formal role and, you know, leaders being willing to throw themselves in and go, I can guide this and I can lead it, but I'm also creating this environment where innovation and creativity can thrive. And I'm looking for those. And I talked about these, you know, these individuals who are hiding in plain sight, who have particular competencies and experience and potential that if they get the opportunity to, to, to demonstrate it and to display it can also become part of the, the, you know, the collective solution to very complex um, issues in, in, in society. It's interesting because, you know, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, as you explained it in that way, there are parts of the world like the technology industry, for example, it's almost like, your open sourcing leadership, <laughs> you know, like there's so many technologies that have been open sourced and enabled that same collaborative intelligence to really flow and create something bigger than, you know, an organization could have done on their own. So mm. in a way it's, you know, yes, it's new to leadership, but in a way we already have examples in other industries where this is working really well. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, there's been massive examples of it. I mean, I've been blown away by the creativity um, of individuals over the last number of months, Uh, you know, that they've, and due to force and due to urgency and, you know, due to all sorts of 
um, crises that when they're, you know, when their feet are held to the flame, they find a way of looking at things differently and they move away from, you know, my individual ego and my individual uh, need to be in, you know, to, to demonstrate my power and control and my authority and my role to, um, I need to move away from that because that's no longer fit for purpose. It's no longer relevant. Um, you know, we have moved, we need to move on from that. Now it sounds very, you know, and I do, <laughs> I do realize it sounds a bit lofty sometimes and it sounds a bit, um, you know, hugely aspirational, but I have seen it so, so many times. Uh, and I've, you know, not only seen it, experienced it, I've read about it, I've heard about it, what we can actually do um, as a human race when we tap into this, um, when we tap into this way of, of uh, operating. And the spiritual aspect is just uh, part of that. Hmm. And so I, I want to ask you, you know, we, we may have some leaders that are listening to this. And in reality, they may be working for an organization that is, you know, f has a system of, say, like performance and measurement that is all around, um, you know, shareholder growth, for example, that's um, mm. profitability. And they may feel confined within that system. And yet, they understand this conversation we're having here. And maybe it's something that they would like to move in this direction in some way, what advice would you have for them? Well, I think, you know, if you think about the great feats of humanity, whether you talk about, you know, um, solving particular um, treatments for illnesses, whether you talk about, you know, getting a man to the moon, you know, any, any of the big feats of, um, of humankind, it has always necessitated uh, collaborative, um, you know, co collaboration between various functions, various individuals, uh, and that you know, building that collaboration means you have to be super, super um, aware of relationships and how to build them, and making those connection points. And you can't make those connection points by being tough and pretending, you know, that you're in charge of everything, you have the answer to everything. And I think one of the, you know, one of the most compelling uh, attributes of, of any leader is to be able to share with their, with their, their team, you know, this is, this is my experience over the years. This is how I learned to do something. Um, this is how I mastered complexities. This is how I mastered taking risks. This is how I, you know, um, navigated particular tension points in my career. Um, and I think one of the things that, you know, from a, from a leadership perspective that can be really off-putting for, for, for teams is the fact that, you know, a leader holds themselves up as, you know, that they were kind of born like this and they've got the answers to everything. So, the, 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 you know, the, the, the focus on relationships and how do you actually connect with others and how do you demonstrate um, this sense of, uh, collaboration is hugely, hugely important. And it has contributed to, I think, to, without exception, all of the big 
um, feats of humanity. And the opposite is if you think about, you know, uh, if you think about war uh, and, and all of the things that have actually um, caused huge distress to humanity, it's been lack of connection and dissonance. Um, so it's been demonstrated, you know, over the centuries. So it's nothing new. It's just how do you how do we move to, you know, to this new paradigm of uh, what the world is calling us to do? So if I'm hearing you right, then it it really doesn't make a difference for a leader like the kind of environment organizational environment they find themselves within this is still something that they can embrace at an individual starting at the individual level and then of course that will ripple out into the systems and the organizations and the processes and 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 the tone i guess of leadership in the organization absolutely absolutely and those leaders that i've worked with um, over the years, either with them or working with them as a as a coach, uh, they have demonstrated that, that those leaders who have this way of operating um, and build relationships and build collaboration, they have been the most successful leaders, irregardless of the the formal process and the structures within the organisation. So, whether you're talking about, you know. Uh, uh, public companies, whether you're, t- you know, you talked about shareholder, uh, shareholder value and, and shareholder governance. It, irregardless of that, the people who have um, thrived in the long term, and, and that's important to, to, to emphasize, in the long term have been leaders who've demonstrated these qualities. The, the leaders who have, you know, uh, come in in a burst of you know, uh, power and authority. Have they made an impact? Yes, temporarily. Right. Um, and then the system, um, the, the system, uh, well, my experience is that um, for those organizations where they're trying to embrace this new way of being and somehow they get, a, a, you know, leaders that come into the system who don't operate like that, they quickly find it sort of spits them out. Mm. Um so those leaders who have demonstrated these qualities, um, in my experience, have been hugely, hugely successful. Mm. And, you know, just to reiterate that and, and really affirm what you're saying there, I can tell you I've got the same experience, which is that, you know, that not only do they succeed in the long term, but, but you know, I also find that what's interesting is the companies also become more profitable, <laughs> which was surprising, I think, for me at first. But, um, you know, when, when you're looking at profitability, and I know there was a big survey done that showed purpose-driven companies were 14 to 1, um, you know, 14 times more profitable than uh, organizations that were in the old traditional leadership models. Um, I just think, like, how can you not move in this direction? <laughs> mm. and that's know? the fascinating thing. This is, um, you know, I talked about my, my, my hope and my, my frustration uh, is how can you not yeah. uh, be curious about this? Um, because, you know, our, our, our young leaders coming up, coming up to organizations and, and all of the research has demonstrated this is that they're, they're just not willing 
to operate within that 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 framework of you know dog eat dog working you know 18 hour days and um being a husk of themselves at uh, 40 uh, yeah. it's just no, it's no longer acceptable so in order for for organizations to attract in this um level of talent they're going to you know it's an imperative to be able to 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 change mm. And it seems to me that what you're speaking about really is a win-win because it's a win for the individual because they're building their legacy. It's more meaningful work. They feel more fulfilled. And, and on the other side, the organization wins because, you know, they've got much more connected leadership, more collaborative leadership, more innovative. And you keep talking about the, you know, the creativity that you see can be mm. astonishing as well. And so, of course, then, they're actually, you know, better equipped to perform in the world. Because one of the things that gets me is that, you know, we think about organizations and I think back to my master's degree and it was all about structures and systems and an organization almost though, you know, we'd forgotten that organizations are actually just collaborations of people <laughs> at the end exactly. of the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and the huge power the power of that, you know, that, that sort of collective intelligence, right. um, it can really move mountains. Yeah. Uh, so this sort of sense of, you know, and co competition is, is, is healthy. It gives us that momentum, yeah. uh, but it can be really, really destructive at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it really can. And I'm also hearing all the, you haven't actually said these words, but underneath, you know, the message that you're bringing today, I'm also hearing, like a, a shift almost that, you know, and, and it, in a little bit, it takes me back to the 1980s when I first started out in, in leadership development. But it's this idea that, you know, it's not just about knowledge and information for leadership. It's actually about what you're calling for here is transformation. You're actually looking at leaders to be transformational and organizations also have that capacity collectively to transform the world mm. and it's 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 that sense you know if we talk about you know multiple intelligences as how do we tap into intuition mm. how do we tap into that side of ourselves that we don't necessarily acknowledge that everybody knows that it's you know when they've made really really good decisions they've they've trusted their intuition. Um, when they've made bad decisions, invariably, they haven't, they haven't done that. And I think, you know, the really fascinating thing that I like to share with, with leaders is you've become so used to this intellectual brain-led way of looking at the world that the research has shown that from a, you know, if we, if we talk about from a, um, a neuroscience perspective, that you know, we have neurotransmitters, powerful neurotransmitters um, in our gut. Mm. And the, the signals go gut up, gut to brain, not the other way around. Mm. And by actually paying attention to those um, neurotransmitters and understanding what they're, how they're informing our choices, that's real intelligence. Yeah. And that's that sense of trusting our, our intuition and i think that's going to be you know one of the the, the core competencies 
you know, backed up with, with data and backed up with, um, you know, with choice points, but it's something that we've lost connection with. Yeah. And I think it's going to be super, super important um, in the future just to be able to, to tap into that and to, to understand what, is, what it allows us to do. You know, and as you speak, it's, it's reminding me of something that I think of a lot of in, in my work in this space. And I'd love to get your take on it, which is it feels to me like what you're talking about is core, it's primal, it's natural, it's organic. It, it's already there. It's almost like we just have to unlearn the stuff that we thought was really important for business. <laughs> and now Absolutely, perhaps yeah. turns out not to be <laughs> as important. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it's it's interesting you use that language unlearn. Yeah. Um is we I, I'm hoping that you know young leaders coming up through um through the, the education system and through the development system are going to be uh are going to are going to learn these things. And I actually to be honest with you, learn is probably a too too strong a word, it's just tap into and trust and understand it's 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 just part of who we are as humans and at the end of the day we're we're animals Mm. so and we we understand that um that you know animals work on instinct and it's just a a way of of tapping into our one of our human uh instincts Mm. it's just just part of it it is organic it's natural and why wouldn't you use it um to help you and to support you and to support you in making choices that are going to be of benefit to you personally, to your family, to your organization and to, you know, the community and the society around you and ultimately to, to the universe. Mm. It, it reminds me last night I was having a conversation with my son, Jacob, right? He's 19. <laughs> and mm. uh, he said, so I'm cooking dinner and he said, mom, he said, I, I really hope that we get aliens landing on this planet soon. <laughs> I said to him, I went, what? And he said, no, I said, I really mean it. And I said, why? And he said, because then perhaps we'll learn, you know, to drop our sense of superiority, that we are just one of a number of species on this planet. And maybe we'll realize that we're not the be all and end all of everything. And mm. I thought it was really an interesting perspective and quite insightful. And, you know, these are the youngsters that are coming through now with these very different perspectives that are going to be our leaders of the future. So I really think you're onto something, mm. I do. And I think it's, you know, from what I understand from my colleagues who work in all sorts of different areas, um, that, that innate sense of them of themselves and the fact that well why wouldn't you be curious about you know you talked about jacob hoping that aliens yeah. land on the planet but <laughs> why wouldn't you be just curious about an element of yourself yeah um that allows you to to to, to navigate life in a, in a much more uh cohesive way yeah uh, it just seems like a no-brainer uh, so i hope i i, I hope that there's you know, millions of Jacobs around the world. And that's, it just become, it's just, you know, it, it like if we talk about digital natives that we, we talk about, you know, spiritual natives or, you know, soul natives mm-hmm. that they just, it's just part of uh, our, our human makeup. And we, we recognize and honor that part of us. 
um, because it allows us to be um, to be much more than we we think we're capable of. Yeah. So finally, Ola, you know, if there's something you'd hoped we'd get to today, some wisdom you'd want to share with our listeners, what might it be? It's it comes back to something really, really basic, Jane, um, and you know something that I've tapped into uh, over the not tapped into, but it's just become more and more important. If I think about uh, relationships, if I think about leaders, if I think about you know lots and lots of different aspects of life, and it's it's the really simple thing of be kind. Be kind to others, be kind to yourself, be kind to those around you. Um, because it's such a huge, you know, a, a core human value and it allows us to do so much and to achieve so much and have that sense of um, our, our own humanity. It's, you know, that, that sense of being, being kind to one another. And it sounds very simplistic, um, but, the, the, you know, the older I get, the more important it becomes and the more I recognize it uh, the need within myself and the need uh, in others for to demonstrate kindness to me and I try to do it it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't happen all the time um but I genuinely um I genuinely try to do it mm. I think that's a really important point I do and uh I love that. And I certainly find you to be very kind. Paula. <laughs> so thank you. thank you. I mean, thank, thank you, you so much. I, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. And, and I just know that our listeners will have learned so much from you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Well, everyone, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally. And together, we are making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look and get free access to our popular program, Awaken the Changemaker Within. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love. Bye.